You're listening to Inside Inspire, the podcast where we delve into the PR and communications industry through the lens of Inspire PR Group, a full-service national public relations and digital marketing agency. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Marissa Long, and we are very excited for today's topic. We're going to be talking about sustainability storytelling and really taking a deep dive into why prioritizing these initiatives is critical for any brand or organization today. We're going to help you identify some ways to initiate your own sustainability efforts and also talk about how you can share and celebrate these efforts with your key audiences. Our guests today are two incredible leaders, including architect Jonna Keller, who's the Director of Sustainability for MA Architects. Jonna specializes in sustainable design and consulting and centers her work around social justice in the built environment. We also have Brandon Burr, who's the Head of Sustainability for Crimson Cup Coffee and Tea. Brandon develops new sustainable practices on the value chain in coffee, and he's traveled the world visiting coffee farms and teaching classes that are focused on quality, sustainability, and the organic chemistry of coffee. Thank you both so much for being here. Before we dive in, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your sustainability journeys and your current work and kind of how you got to where you are. And I know we've talked before and in the green building movement, which is where I've spent a lot of my career, uh, we often talk about this concept that if you want sustainability to be prioritized, you really have to make it someone's job. Part of why I was so excited to have you both here today is because your companies have made that a reality with the creation of your position. So can you talk a little bit about the creation and the evolution of your roles and why you think your organizations value sustainability enough to, you know, make it someone's job? Brandon, do you want to start? The evolution of my role is, I I would like to say it's accidental, but this is kind of like what I've been prepping for, for, I mean, my entire life, pretty much. I mean, I grew up in a farming community And there's a lot of farming practices that are implemented for the sustainability reasons that you don't really, you would never identify them as sustainable, but, uh, you know, just doing community service and then coming to Crimson Cup and, you know, focusing my education on sustainability as well uh, is just something where it it aligned with the ethos of the company, where we want to make better communities, healthier communities around the world. And of easy way to do that is to make them more sustainable. And so it just, the word popped up maybe in 2014 after I graduated. And that was the beginning of what my role has become, which is now more and more focused on uh, bringing sustainability to the supply chain. I mean, as you know, buildings are the largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. So I kind of feel like if it's not architects driving that change, who is really? And NMA, I mean, we really stepped up to that plate and committed to climate action. And I, I guess it's kind of one of those things where if you talk about it enough, someone finally says, great, that's now your task and you're in charge of that. So here I am, the director of sustainability for MA. So as I mentioned today, we're talking about sustainability and storytelling and specifically why it's important for brands to not only prioritize these efforts, but to really showcase those commitments to their customers. And, you know, depending on an organization's uh, size or its scope, what they can do is going to vary pretty widely, Um, you know, depending on if they're a small organization or a large Fortune 500 business, it's going to vary. So what advice would you give to a brand or an organization that's kind of 
just getting started in their sustainability journey and what can they be doing to create an impact and where do they start? I think this is a really good question. And I think if you kind of look at what all needs to be done to mitigate the worst effects of climate change, you kind of start to feel a little overwhelmed with it's a really big task. And it is a really big task. And there's a lot that can be done through every little piece and puzzle and part that person can contribute is really great. But I think for me, at least it's been really important to remember to sort of step back and think, what little small things can I start to do to generate that excitement and then also show success? Because I think that helps remind us of two things. One, that it can be done. And two, it really gets more people helping. And it's, this is not a single person job. This is a we're all in this together kind of job. And that's why it's important to connect with other sustainability professionals like you, Marissa, and Brandon, because it's all of us working together in our own different industries and sort of cross-collaborating and just also just feeling like we're not so alone and siloed that we're all working toward this greater goal. So start with small things. Yeah, I think that it's about intentionality. Like just making it part of the conversation, making intentional choices whenever, I mean, there's there's always options, right? I mean, no matter what you're doing, whether it be like ordering your copy paper or, um, you know, figuring out where your trash goes or how to separate your trash or, you know, are you going to drink out of uh, disposable cups or, you know, regular cups? Like what's your, what's your setup at the office? Like, it's all about like, just make it part of the ethos of the company. Say, Hey, you know, when, when we make business decisions, we're going to, we're going to see you at least assess what it looks like to do something a little bit more sustainable. And I think that just having that in the, you know, the back of your mind, like always having that be a part of the conversation is a really good place to start. And just because you talk about something, just because you assess something doesn't mean you have to go forward with it. It's just part of the conversation. And I think that once you do that, you just, you start to change company culture. And, you know, again, the, the more people that are involved, the more people that are passionate about it, um, the more movement that you're actually going to get. Yeah. You know, and that kind of leads to my next question, which is what are some of the ways that you've engaged others, whether it's colleagues or clients or corporate leadership on kind of these sustainability efforts and getting people on board. And do you have any examples that you can share where you've been successful that um, others might be able to emulate? I mean, personally for Crimson Cup, I think that just just having conversations, mentioning it again, like making it easy for people to take action, I think is, is a big one. So like Earth Day is coming up, right? So making it part of the company's day where you go out and you do something to, to celebrate Earth Day or to, you know, to maybe get people interested in the idea of doing things more sustainably. And I think that that invite, that, you know, small little thing, that one day to celebrate, I think can really foster a bigger change in the way that we do things inside your organization. So, yeah. And Jana, your work is a little bit bigger picture in terms of your building buildings to be more sustainable. Clients are coming on board to work with you on that initiative. They've obviously taken kind of this extra step in their efforts. And why do you think that's important? And what does that say about a building's kind of commitment to sustainable efforts? Well, here's an interesting tidbit. Not every owner says the magic word sustainability, but they are saying words that equate to that. Right. So I I think it's important to sort of 
be able to pick those things out and say, again, sort of here are the small things that we can do. And uh, there are a lot of green building certifications out there and there are very good holistic standards that we can start to compare buildings across different areas and, and whatever. And maybe that's right for your project and maybe it's not right for your project for a myriad of reasons. But I think what I've learned is that um, some owners come to us wanting those and some owners are like, we don't know what we want and maybe we can't do all the bells and whistles. But I think ingraining this in the culture at MA, the sustainability is super important and valuable in every single project has, has led us to the path of just because you're not getting a green bill certification doesn't mean we can't sit down and have a conversation about what your goals are and start with where you are, get that excitement and go from there. And maybe you're not ready for a lead plaque on the wall just yet, but like, let's get you to a point where that becomes a value or becomes important for the next thing. Or maybe, you know, you, you talk about lead existing buildings or the arc platform or, you know, it's just sort of starting small and starting with where people are and saying, you can do the thing. I think it's important to say, that's amazing. You're doing a good job. Where are we going to go next? I think that where we're going to go next is, is kind of critical. Like we're not, we're not stopping the journey here. We have clients across so many industries. And I, I think that's what I've found is that a lot of times they're doing the work, like they are walking the walk, but they're not communicating it or they don't even realize how big of an impact they're making by just making small switches to like recyclable containers or, you know, things like that, that um, seem simple that can have a large impact. And they should be celebrating those because if your peers in the industry are doing things and you're seeing that, or if you're doing things that your peers are seeing, it, it helps other people kind of jump on that bandwagon and join in those efforts when they see other people in their industry doing it. So, you know, at Inspire, we talk a lot about the importance of values-based messaging, right? Which is messaging that's focused on how people feel and what they believe, not just relying on facts and data. And so in telling stories around sustainability, there's qualitative and quantitative storytelling opportunities, and both pieces of information are important. But what are some of the ways that organizations and business leaders can really ensure that their messages are going to resonate with their various audiences? And how can they show authenticity? I like that word, authenticity. For me, it's vulnerability, vulnerability and transparency. And it's just being true with what you're saying. Like, we don't have to greenwash to have a release look great or, you know, uh, a marketing piece look great. We can just tell the truth and say, hey, we planted this many trees and this is what it's going to do. And if you use statistics, like numbers look good too. But at the same time, like what you said, I think that... Um, it's it's an emotional thing. I think that uh, you can showcase what you're doing. And I think the storytelling piece is really important. But I, I think I think it has to be the, the tone and the energy of, of your message. You know, energy is infectious, right? So I think that uh, if you're authentic, if you're honest, transparent, and vulnerable, vulnerable, that's the big one, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Know that you're not going to change the world, you know, like in one, one piece, you know, one job is not going to make the world the best place in the world there. I guess that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to get at? I think that if you're, if you're just real with yourself, I think that consumers can read through everything and they'll identify that and they'll find that genuine, which is what we all want. 
one thing I've always found most impactful is stories about people, right? So again, it's great to talk about a project or an initiative, but when you're talking about the person behind it, regardless of the industry, it personalizes it and creates- It humanizes it for sure. Humanizes it for sure. Do you have anything to add to that, Donna? Interestingly enough, the stories that Brandon tells about the farmers, as an architect, as a designer, I want to convey that in the building. I want to say this is about farming. This is about the effects of climate change on those farms and those livelihoods, and it's a social justice issue. And how do we convey that through the experience of coffee and being at Crimson Cup? That's what <laughs> I don't I don't know how we say that story in, in architecture. I'm sure better architects have been able to tell that story in a better way. But um, just hearing Brandon talk about talking about that, I remember him telling the stories, feeling sort of passionate about like, right, it is about it is about the farmers and I want to help them. And I think this is why I do sustainable design is for agriculture or the people in Columbus that might experience some sort of uh, energy burden from their cooling bill in the summer from climate change or, or whatever. So I don't know I that think, I have anything to add. No, I think I think that's I think that's awesome because anything that you do that is sustainable is and I put that in quotations because we don't have to use that term you know like you can do cost savings and it's the same it's the exact same thing like it scares some people out of it when we use the the word sustainability but I think that it transcends industries like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily just because you're doing something in building doesn't necessarily doesn't it won't affect positively affect someone doing farming closer to the equator where they're seeing like great challenges with global warming or climate change. And so I think that uh, it's the humanizing, like you said earlier, it's the humanizing of it because we're all in this together. This is not a nationalist thing. This is a global thing. And uh, I think somehow bringing that into the messaging is, is really important because, you know, your one small action actually has a huge impact on a large area. And, you know, you mentioned greenwashing. So we're in the midst of Earth Month and Earth Week and Earth Day. And a lot of organizations are kind of talking about their sustainability stories right now. So on the one hand, it's amazing to see so many brands showcasing these efforts and it's grown exponentially over the last few years. But on the other hand, there are definitely examples of greenwashing, you know, which is this concept where brands are promoting sustainability practices, but they don't really have an impact or they're using it as a marketing tactic and it's not a substantial initiative. So how can we as leaders or or how can communicators combat this and how can consumers tell the difference and how can we educate them on the difference so that they, you know, understand where these tangible impacts are are happening and and how to combat or recognize when greenwashing is happening? That is a really complicated, <laughs> complicated question. I mean, PR and marketing are really powerful, right? So here's how I kind of sort of like to think about it. Although as I'm saying, I'm realizing that maybe I have a little bit more sustainability knowledge than like, say, the average person. But I was actually recently asked by a client who sent me a product and said, is this, is this legit sustainable or is this greenwashing? And I kind of think, well, kind of depends on how you look at it because sustainability is really complex and includes a lot of different factors and blah, 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 is what I said before looking at the product information. And then I look at the product information and I was like, oh, yeah, here's like 10 bullet points of how awesome they are. Well, there's like 50 different things they aren't saying. But I know, I feel like as a sustainability professional, I have specific expertise so I could say, oh, there's like 50 different things you're not saying that 
I'm a little suspect on the 10 good things you are saying. So I would look at that as sort of greenwashing. The short answer is it's what they're not telling you. Right. I think that uh, I, there's a few things. Number one, when you start getting into this, and at least I'm going to speak for myself, when I make a choice and then I realize that it was greenwashed, I feel guilty. And I'm like, oh man, how'd you fall for that? Why would you believe that? Like, cause someone, you know, we might be having a conversation, just a coffee and someone mentions, no, that's not green. And I'm like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and I'm a director of sustainability. I think that the first thing is you have to be forgiving with yourself. The second thing is you have to be intentional with the choices that you make. The third thing is that use the, use the internet. Like we can't all be industry experts in every industry. I can't pick up a piece of meat. And I mean, I guess I do know a lot about meat. I can't pick up a piece of building material and be like, is this really that green? Like it says green, and they're talking about how the forest regenerates, but is it really green? I think that it's about networking. It's about utilizing the resources that you have to make the choices that are, are better. And we all need to be far more intentional and far more deliberate with our choices that we make in everyday life, whether it be filling up at the pump, whether it be in the grocery store, whether it be when we buy furniture. I think that it's just taking that step forward and again, being forgiving with oneself and knowing that you're not going to make the right choice every single time. Don't get down on yourself for making a bad choice. Just try to make a better choice next time. Just continually work, right? Continue to work on yourself and continue work to make better choices. What I think is really fascinating, just spending the last several years working within sustainability initiatives is the evolution. Like what was setting the bar 10, 15 years ago is now the floor. And so I've seen a lot of growth across industries around what sustainability means and what those initiatives are. And like I said before, I think part of that is like competition within industries for if your peers are doing it, then, or your competitors are doing it, you know, what can you be doing? And so that's kind of pushed the bar. And I think that businesses and industries have driven those sustainability efforts as, as much as policy has. And do you see that continuing? Do you think we've plateaued? Um, what do you think's next for sustainability? My initial comment is like, I, I hope we're not plateauing. We are sad to say, but we're far from where we need to be. I hope yeah. we continue to change. I think this is, I mean, we t I've talked about this many times, like I call this the age of accountability. And I think that uh, with, with transparency, with the digital world and the physical world becoming one and more access to more information, it's just readily available. I think that people are going to start seeing, oh, you know, these things that we labeled sustainable, are really not, let's continue to push forward. Let's continue to move forward. I think that Younger people are more conscious of what's going on. Younger people are more informed, period, done. All the universities that I've spoken at, any student that I speak to, I just am like blown away with how much they know already. And it's, it gives me hope because I think that they're going to push that bar higher and higher and higher into a point where it actually starts making sense. Because, I mean, let's be real about it. We can look at the numbers. We know where we are in the world of sustainability. We know where we need to be. And we know we're not, we're, we're not close right now. And uh, I think that you could get depressed about that, which I have. And you could stay at home under your covers, weighted blanket, candles, you know, jazz on, like, yeah, I've been there. Okay. 
I painted a picture. I've been there. But I think that uh, you just think about these young people and it's done. I mean, I'm, there's so much hope, so much positivity coming from that group of people. They're, they're starting initiatives. They're starting businesses based solely on sustainability. And uh, I think that that's a hopeful future. And I think that that bar will continue to raise. Yeah, the term I often hear is sustainability natives, because, you know, this generation, they grew up knowing how to recycle, knowing what compost is, knowing what global warming is. And they're just so much more aware and doing so much more than a generation before, because there's just more information out there and more prioritization out there, which is really good to see. And I think it's, it's our responsibility as not older, but older professionals to, to make those things more accessible for those younger people. Uh, so that they can make more intentional choices. Because what happens is you get comfortable, like college students and younger people don't have a lot of money to spend on more sustainable products. And I think that it's counterintuitive. We need to get them hooked now uh, so that they continue to push forward in, in that regard, rather than getting complacent and getting comfortable with the cheaper stuff that may be not so sustainable. So to move everyone forward, we need to, we need to work to make our products more reasonable for them too. Just, you know, again, thinking about how we share these stories, the power of social media has, of course, played a tremendous role in amplifying the importance around these issues and calling out greenwashing, identifying successes. Are you leveraging those channels within your organizations to tell your stories? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I actually think that they prompt really interesting conversations. I did a series of videos where I talked about different relationships that we have with different coffee farmers around the world. And I, I said some key words that sparked the interest of someone on social media. And they saw the video and they wrote back and said, this is not how you talk about this person. Would you do this if this was in the United States? And it actually prompted what I thought was an amazing conversation about intentionality and about accountability. And I think that the marketing director was a little scared, like, oh my gosh, someone's calling us out. Like we're, And I'm like, no, this is a perfect opportunity. This is, this is an opportunity, number one, to justify what we are saying. But number, number two, to educate a ton of people, a huge base of people about, no, I understand this person is talking about a big problem in the industry, and this is how we're trying to combat it. And I think that that's, it's just conversation, and that's how we all grow and learn. And so I think social media is an amazing tool, even when you're held accountable for what you're saying, because it prompts great intentional conversations that move people forward. So before we end, I'm just curious if there's anything else you would say to a business or a brand or organization that wants to share their sustainability story and best practices, anything else you want to share with how they go about doing that or what they should prioritize? We have said already, you don't have to do all the things tomorrow, but you do have to start the journey and you do have to sort of continually look at where you are, where you want to be. Let's take a little bit at a time. Let's get there. Keep plugging away at it. And know that we're all in this together and you have other friends and people you can tap into. I swear, I get emails from students and other professionals all the time just being like, I want to jam out on this thing. And I'm like, happy to help because we're all in this together. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that that's, that's the biggest thing. And I see that, you know, being a globetrotter, like people are people are people are people. No matter where you are and what you're doing, people are the same. You might have an image of how someone lives their life somewhere else. And that's not true. So I think that realizing that we're all in this together, 
realizing that the word sustainability might seem taboo or, or strange or maybe not business-like necessarily to certain people or certain groups of people, it transcends all that stuff. It doesn't matter. Sustainability is good for everyone and anyone that's living and breathing on planet Earth. So any step that you can make to be more sustainable, forget the word, just focus on the idea and focus on the idea that we're all in this together. The entire globe needs to change to make positive action and to, to have a brighter future. So any small little thing can, can help. Well, thank you both yeah. so much. This is such a fun conversation to have and there's so much work we can continue to be doing, but I am just thrilled to have two individuals like you working for your organizations on these important issues around sustainability communicating the importance of that and pushing your industries forward and your customers forward in a way that is really impactful. So thank you both so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. To listen to previous episodes of Inside Inspire, find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as our website, inspireprgroup.com, and our host site, Simplecast. To learn more about our team and what we do, visit our website and follow us on social media at Inspire PR Group. See you next time.